Welcome to Talking Pictures Trivia, the podcast in which a group of geographically challenged friends explore movie through trivia. I'm one of these friends, and today's host, KJ, and with me is... Tom. Margaret. And Pat. For those joining us for the first time, we start off each episode with a movie quiz as these four rapid-fire trivia questions will determine who earns today's trivia crown. The first question is worth one point, and each question after that is worth one more point. Then we'll follow it up with a theme discussion, this week being inverting the original. Tom, tell us about today's movie. Walking up to theaters in 1971, we would have had to choose between McCabe and Mrs. Miller, Summer of 42, Who is Harry Killerman and Why is He Saying Terrible Things About Me, Shaft, and today's movie, Escape from the Planet of the Apes. KJ will be our questionnaire today. KJ, what is Escape from Planet of the Apes all about? Escape from Planet of the Apes is the third movie in the Planet of the Apes saga and takes place right after the second one finishes. At the end of the second one, for those who have seen it, spoilers for those who haven't, they blow up the entire planet. Luckily, 10 minutes before that, our favorite apes from the first movie hopped into a spaceship and came back in time to 1970s New York. We follow Cornelius, Zira, a little bit their friend, um, and they kind of go through a similar path that Charlton Heston did in the first movie, where they're roughly captured by humans. Um, then the humans find out the apes can speak. They have a trial to decide what to do with them. Then society kind of accepts them. They, like, charm them over. Um, but then everybody gets nervous because they find out eventually the apes will take over. And unfortunately, all the apes are killed at the end of this movie. It's time for question one. What? are the first words the humans hear from apes. Locked, Locked in. in. Locked in. All right, Tom, what do you have? Sit down. Because I don't like bananas. Margaret? Because I loathe bananas. Pat? Because I loathe bananas. Mm-hmm. Points for everybody. And feel free to do impressions of Zira because her voice is pretty great in this I whole know. thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's time for question two. Apart from the pregnancy, what seemed to cause Zira to faint? Locked in. Locked in. Locked in. All right, Pat, what do you have? She sees the gorilla. Margaret? Yeah, a stuffed gorilla in a museum. Tom? The same thing, stuffed gorilla. Yeah, you know what's funny? All the, like the, apart from their son, who was an actual ape, the 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 ape apes, but there were men in costumes, looked terrible, including that stuffed gorilla. Right? Yeah. <laughs> was... yeah, yeah, the fake gorilla that that kills the guy looks pretty bad. <laughs> it looks it. sort of like a parody of the movie itself yes. in the movie. Yes. <laughs> it's time for question three. Three apes travel through time back to 1973. For a point each, what ultimately happened to each of the three apes? Locked Locked in. in. Locked in. Tom, what do you have? Milo gets killed by an adjacent gorilla in the cage next to him. (laughs) 
um, for some reason. And then um, uh, Zara gets shot by the evil doctor guy. Um, and then Cornelius gets shot by the army people. Pat? Yeah, I guess I would go with generally the same things that, that yeah, the, the, the My- Milo, 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 Milo. Yeah. That dude, <laughs> Milo, he gets killed by the gorilla, which for some reason is in the cage next to them, which seems like a really bad idea <laughs> for them to have done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Zira gets, she gets shot by the evil dude and then she throws her baby, well, not her baby, but the other baby into the water. And then, uh, yeah, the last one he gets shot by the army dudes, and I don't actually know what happens to him. Whether he falls in the water, whether he falls down, but he dies. Oh <laughs> uh, no, I mean, he falls down because it like it's clearly a doll. <laughs> it's the most doll looking thing. That's I like, I'm pretty sure he fell down, but I couldn't remember yeah. whether he did or not. Like they could not afford stuntmen for this. <laughs> It's also important to note that uh, their baby Milo was shot before she threw him in the water. Yeah, I to, mean, really, thoroughly yeah. yes. shot up. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. Just to save Zero a little bit. And, and Margaret, what do you have? Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I guess the same thing. I so Doctor Milo strangled. Um, I honestly like I had remembered um Cornelius getting shot, but I don't remember who shot him. All honesty. Um. When they said army men, I was like, that makes sense. But yeah, falls down off of whatever he's standing on. And yeah, Zila also was shot and like lies down what like on top of him to so they can die together after throwing the baby in the water. What a turn for the movie, huh? Right? It's just happy, campy, corny. It's like a very 70s thing, though. (laughs) Right? (laughs) All of a sudden get everybody Well, I mean, all of the movies end that way. The first three movies, they all end on like, pessimistic notes yeah true but i mean the thing is is that we also my wife and i called it because we were like oh i go because she was like the totally they're gonna find the like france of cc metal on the baby in the zoo and then we're like watching i go you know what's gonna happen i go the last words of the movie are gonna be the other baby saying mama and then you're gonna see the metal i go so the i go that means everyone else has to die i go so we are we kind of called that beforehand and i was like we got it we got it and how about that baby saying mama even my daughter Hannah was like, I think they're just looping the yeah, video. Yes, and I just said, I go, I go they're clearly looping the video. <laughs> well, my audio cut out at the end of that movie. Oh. So I didn't get the last like minute I, of it, I, but I didn't figured it out. either. Yeah. That's the yeah. same thing. I had the same thing, Margaret. Yeah. yeah. It cut I mean, out. It was so fine. I, I context. <laughs> I just assumed the baby died until we, you know, whatever. It's disgusting. Until I looked no. it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no, yeah, that was my going, like generational memory. Oh, I didn't get that. Yeah, I just remembered that growing up. I knew that, that I knew like watching this somehow deep dark in my memory. Like I knew like there's going to be a baby. The baby's going to end up in a circus. But <laughs> I couldn't tell you how I knew that. We are tied going into the last questions at full points for everyone. Don't worry, audience. This last one's a little more challenging. So we'll see who can uh, who can get it. It's time for question four. Cornelius describes how apes came to be in power and mentions that man could kill his brother but could not handle killing what? Oh, locked Locked in. in? Oh, locked in. Wow, guys. I really thought I had everybody here. Pat, what do you have? His pets? Tom? I had the same thing, pets. Pets, yeah. I think specifically his dog. 
it is specifically dogs. Oh. Nick's not here with us tonight, yes. but he would give the episode to Margaret. I have a few bonus questions. I think that's only questions. fair. I yeah. think that's only yep. fair. We can yeah. still do the bonus questions. We can still do okay. them, but I'm, I'm happy to yeah. I'm, see. I'm happy right. to see that it's not, that is not, it doesn't pass Jeopardy much to it. <laughs> <laughs> Points for Margaret. Did you, you guys, did you guys know it was dogs or pet? I thought it was both dogs and cats. I well, it was dogs and cats, but I didn't remember the exact line. Well, yeah. Okay. I thought yeah. he, yeah, I, the both died off. Yep. Yes. But, <laughs> but I think, yep. if I remember correctly, that he said the dog. I, I would believe that. I would believe it. Yep. Cornelius says, yep. Great. Nice one, Margaret. Um, yeah, let's do some bonus questions real quick. No need to lock in. Just shout out the answer. Um, so what is the name of Cornelius and Zira's son? Milo. Milo. Milo, yep. According to Cornelius, what is an offensive word used to describe apes? Monkey. Oh, guys, come on. Just don't let them hear you. Okay. All right. This one, this was one of my favorite lines in the movie. And another one that just sold me on the movie. What does Cornelius say to the guard as he leaves the facility? Good night, Charlie. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That, is, that was. I already funny. said good night. I already said good night. Yeah, that was actually pretty good. <laughs> that was pretty There's good. No mm. reason for him to say <laughs> that. He could have just left. Mm. There was no reason for a lot of things. <laughs> Yeah, that really felt like maybe even Rodney McDowell was just bored and tired of doing the scene over and over, <laughs> so decided to say good night, Charlie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right, final one, and this one, this one, I hopefully is challenging. According to Doctor Otto, what does the painter eventually become? Oh, locked in. Locked, well, is it part of the painting? Yeah. Yep, that's what I yeah. thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah part of the painting. Yeah. It's the infinite uh, regress thing where eventually, yeah. That did that fit in this movie? No, not at all. Not at all. Made no sense. Made absolutely no sense. It honestly confused the issue. I felt like (laughs) I understand this fine. You don't need to explain explain this theory at all. Like Mm -hmm. they just go back in time. Back in time. We got it. We get it. Because why they did ten minutes before they were supposed to leave that felt unexplained. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's that standard trope in sci-fi movies where it's like, okay, here's the rules of the science fiction in order to create some kind of dramatic tension. Yeah. Right? It usually is, like, the science babble is there to create rules so that there's something the characters have to butt up against. It didn't do any of that. It was just <laughs> nothing to do with anything. Yeah, yeah, because it, it had no plot device. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it had nothing to do with plot and mm-hmm. nothing to do, but I was waiting for it to be like, oh, is this going to come back at some point? Or... Mm-hmm. No, 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 it doesn't. Nope. nope. <laughs> it's not like the second Star Wars movie where it's sort of self-referential. I was waiting. And I'm like, nope, nope, doesn't do that at all. There's no. Nope. <laughs> so, congrats to Margaret, our winner. Yeah, we'll be diving yeah, into the yeah. topic of the week, inverting the original, right after this break. Join another Talking Studios production, Limited Lexicon, where we play through text-based adventure games. Text-based adventure games were computer games from before computers had graphics. The game uses text to describe a scene, and the player types back how they want to interact with the game. I'll read the text from the computer, and my co-host will feed me commands. This season, we're playing through The Hobbit from 1982 on the ZX Spectrum. Here's a quick sample. I thought uh, a lot about our first command, and I think it should be no print because we don't want to print things as we're going along. I think by default, it's not going to print. And even <laughs> if I did print, I, where is it going to print to? 1982? 
I would imagine if we go west, we're going to be south of the troll, right? Just south of the troll land. Yeah, let's try it. You go west. The troll's clearing. The visible... Oh, we died. (laughs) 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 All right. The troll troll saw us and killed us. So I think we have to say the answer to the riddle then. The answer is dark. Say dark, I think. Talk to what? Golem. Say golem dark. You talk to Gollum. Thorin says, hurry up. And we died. And we died. So we went northeast last time. So let's go southwest. You go southwest. Visible exits are north, northwest. You see the valuable golden ring. Oh. We're ending it here. That's perfect. That's perfect. Limited lexicon. Coming to your podcatcher and YouTube in late 2022 by Talking Studios. And we're back. Audience, we have been doing a block where we're picking our favorite movie in the series. And one of my favorite movies of all time is Escape from Planet of the Apes. I've said this many times. And it is my favorite in the series. And a lot of it is because of how corny it is and how silly Zira and Cornelius are and how they're always winking at each other, winking at the camera. They, they love the jokes they're making. But this movie also inverts the original Planet of the Apes movie quite a bit. There are plot beats that that are the same in this movie as the first one. However, it's the apes now instead of the humans in the opposite society. Um, and, and we get to see how, how those react. So I just wanted to kind of talk about inverting the original as it applies to Escape from Planet of the Apes and how it applies to series in general. Are there any other series that did this well, did not do this well? Is it a crutch? Is it a good storytelling technique? Um, as I watched this, I was thinking I really wish I would have taught this to my students because I think this movie for better or for worse is very overt in what it's doing and what it's saying. Um, and something I do with my students when I, um, I, I, te- I've taught a class um, where we look at things from non-human perspectives called rhetoric of personhood. So we'll explicitly read stories or watch films that have non-human protagonists. Um, across the board, lots of robot things, but also things from the perspective of objects and animals. Um, And a huge point of that is to make you think of like humanity from the ground up to kind of rethink of it as a fundamental level and usually have some sort of social critique. The first film, obviously, as humans are the outsider, you are able to empathize with animals in a different way and think about society. Um, It's already like Planet of the Apes is an inverse. Like, that is the function of Planet of the Apes. So remixing it again hits, I think, a lot of the same points over because the whole point of Planet of the Apes is to flip things. Um, So I think it was particularly on the nose as a result. Um, Very, very on the nose. But seemed like exactly the point of, of having a story with ape protagonists. And in terms of inverting the the original, I, I suppose my favorite, I mean, my favorite part of the these three films is, I said it before in, in last week's First Impressions, is Kim Hunter. And so it lets her sort of be the star. And we don't have that kind of Charlton Heston Taylor character who I, I kind of found annoying. I mean, the, the the problem with the first the first movie, and Pat, you brought this up when we were talking about this off off the air. 
Um, the first movie does some intelligent things, but it is deeply pretentious. And, you know, I kind of find it's nihilism to be kind of eye-rolly. Um, I, I think by putting the like far more charming Kim Hunter at the center of things, who, play, who plays Zira in this, at the center of things, and having that little bit of kind of silliness to it, even if the movie isn't as good as the first one, and even if it doesn't make nearly as much sense as the first one, <laughs> which it doesn't, um, you know, at least it's, it is, I suppose, more charming than that. Um, in terms of remixing it so that, like you were saying, Margaret, like the, the first Planet of the Apes is a remix into itself, right? Onto itself. It's inverting the roles of, of humans and animals. Um, as opposed to doing that again, I, I don't i suppose that's interesting I, I, it seems like it you know if we're in you know we're, we're sort of losing the point or losing the irony anyway yeah. in, in inverting it again so it probably doesn't have the same punch as, as much but you know i suppose like you're saying kj the, the corniness is sort of fun saying um you yeah, know uh, right from the opening scene right so they land and the whole army comes out to see them on this beach or whatever it is and he says Welcome to the United. And then the, the helmets come off and they're apes and everybody looks at each other for like 15 seconds. Like you can almost hear the Saturday it morning. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> but it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so, so my thing is, as Tom said, we talked about this for this, the, the recording here. And I said that the, the thing I like about the first one in particular is that I, I agree. It's a, it's pretentious, but the thing I like about it is that it, actually if you think you know even as far as inversions go if you actually go back and think about the way the movie is structured what you think if you've never seen it is that it's it's very it's setting up a clear dichotomy of sort of the here you know here's the the sort of the the religious zealots and they they're you know they're anti-progress and this kind of thing and you think that there's a very clear sort of uh, opposition of saying okay and here's the you know the clearly the progressive the ones trying to find new technology and this kind of stuff they're the good ones but when you get to the end you actually it actually that's flipped the religious zealots were right they, they, that's that's the point so there is sort of an irony in the sense that it's it's using a stereotype to actually enforce its message because the whole thing is the religious elves are right that they should not be going after this new technology they should not be going out into this area like that's what caused all of these problems in the first place so ironically dr zayas is totally right in the first one so there is sort of this element that i think is really interesting in terms of what it has to say about you know sort of its problem i think sometimes its message gets heavy-handed but i think that that's a really really good storytelling technique that it uses there but the problem is you can't use that again so i wonder if they had a little epilogue where the apes never took over and then dr otto was right wouldn't that have been the (laughs) (laughs) there but even then i wouldn't have because it raises too many ethical issues because of what he had to do to get to that position Whereas sort of there's less of an ethical issues if you're looking at what Dr. Zayas is doing. He knows for a fact what happened and he knows for a fact what he's actually covering up. Dr. Otto is just kind of, you know, like has his sort of sinister German accent. He's, you know, clearly he's, you know, he's the evil one who wants to kill the baby. You know, like there's this sort of, I agree, there is sort of a gamp humor to that. But that's my biggest thing is that that's sort of what the third one lacks to my to this sort of that it's that storytelling inversion whereas the first one really had that and i like that aspect of it but the third one i think it 
it has that sort of, and I think it has to compensate. And I think it compensates with sort of the zaniness. And that does, I agree. That does make it sort of fun, but it, it, it sort of lacks that storytelling technique thing that's in there that I think that inversion is my favorite inversion of the films. Can we trash the second one at all now? Yeah, yeah. Are we saving that? Can we get it Are we saving? No, should we just save that? Is that is that for the make a B side? Yeah, the B side. Sorry. So I want to mention the book actually at this point. So in the book, the book is more similar to the first movie where it's a human landing on an eight planet, but society accepts him like they do Zira and Cornelius. Like he goes to nightclubs, he's popular, he's in magazines. Um, the apes have more technology in the book than they do in in the movie. But one theme that was in the book that's not in any of the movies is the apes don't progress further than humans did technologically, even though it's thousands of years in the future, because apes can't create. They can only copy. And they they can only copy what's already been done, which is at the time of the book, like, I don't know, late 50s technology. So that's all they have. I thought that was in interesting idea that I mean, it's a little arrogant but it's a pretty interesting idea that the author suggested that you know animals even if they become more intelligent can't create their own things they can only copy what humans have done i mean it's an interesting reason to explain why they haven't progressed though at a, at a minimum it does actually provide at least an in-world reason um, it is a little unbelievable that it's been 1700 years and yet they're super <laughs> intelligent but haven't done anything done <laughs> yeah Same. I was going to say, I guess you could also make the claim, though, that for like very, very long periods of human history, we didn't really do very much either. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, not like, it's not like between 10,000 and 8,000 BC was a really great time <laughs> for technological advancement. Mm. But also like in the original movie, the idea of like to your point, Pat, that um, if they're not able to progress, that has a sort of there's something good about that or that that's on point. Right. Like, yeah, progress actually is somewhat dangerous and. You know, these things are sort of a, a bomb on the planet if they're not able to progress. Like if they just they only can imitate, they can't advance. Uh, and just to interject again, the another thing I'm thinking now that I'm thinking about it in the TV show Return to Planet of the Apes, um, they also are stuck in technology. But there's there's a lot of things that the apes did that we also did. Like um, Cornelius has the original works of Ape Spear. <laughs> are we counting this as a canonical <laughs> canonical equivalent here mm. so i just i just wanted to bring up you know ape spear william mm. ape spear see i wanted to know what happened to the bonobos because we've got three of the great apes but what happened to the bonobos, bonobos. No bonobos. in uh, the in war for planet of the apes the third i'll call them the james franco ones i'm pretty sure there's a bonobo in that one. Oh, okay no oh, okay yeah, I think yeah, they're a little more diverse. Actually, that that trilogy isn't terrible. I yeah, I think it's great. I yeah, yeah I I strongly endorse it. Um, mm. Particularly the second one of that series, the um, that's that's Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, right? There's yeah. Wise Dawn, and then I forget War. what the last one is called. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, That's the but, one where they like stumble upon them in the woods, right? There's like a team of humans walking in the woods, and yeah, and but there's this mm-hmm. really like there was this power struggle between Caesar and um, I think it's Aldo. Like that, it kind of goes back Aldo. to the original series. I, I don't remember if it's Aldo or not, but it's a similar power struggle as the original mm. um, series, but like deeply compelling. I also just tend maybe because of the way I was raised in this Planet of the Apes loving house 
to be deeply sympathetic to the apes and like very much um kind of buy it like it's not it doesn't feel as cheesy to me so like the James Franco ones like Andy Sokus as Cecil is deeply compelling like I I buy him as any character and find him just as interesting too um which I understand it's kind of objectively odd but I think yeah I think they're great I, I agree I actually think he's very compelling as well you know whatever they do with the CGI eyes it actually <laughs> it does suck you in unlike other yes. kind of canny valley equivalents yeah 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 absolutely yeah. I, by the way, did not get in the first time I watched it that they were different speed, like that there were orangutans, gorillas, and chimps. I didn't get that. I and again, it's hard. To, I don't know if you guys could, you guys have know the lore, but when I watched it, I just thought they were like just. I was like, oh, they're they're just using different colors to sort of differentiate the groups. I thought mm. it was just differentiate, and then I realized that this the second one. I went, oh, <laughs> I didn't get that. That I, it is clear now that you've sort of explained it, but I didn't get that when I saw it. Yeah. I, I didn't get that either. Yeah. I think it matters more in the second. It part. matters more in the second yeah, one. Well, because then you have the hippie chimps. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have a protest. Yeah. 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 Can we can we crap all over the second one now? Or, or, sure. or... I thought we were saving yeah. that. Just save it. We have to save it. Okay. Well, the second one has like the telepathic humans. Yeah. Correct. Uh, yes. Yep. The mutants. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. Who say they never talk to each other, but then talk to each other for the rest of the movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh man, there's so many things wrong with them. Yeah, let's jump into beneath. Unless you guys had more to say about inverting, maybe that wasn't as a uh, mm -hmm. verbose as a topic. Well, do you have anything else to say no, about inverting? Like, yeah, I'm sure, we have other things. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So, well, so are there any other series that do this well? The first oh. thing that comes to mind is the second Austin Power movies, where now he has to go back to the '60s and he doesn't fit in because he's been too '90sized. Mm -hmm. um, not that it necessarily does it well, but as you know, growing up, I think that was the first time I realized this is something you could do. Are there any series that do this well? I think the second Austin Powers is better than the first one, but yeah, um, yeah, I, I agree. I think that so. I think that one does it well. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think of other ones that do that. I'm sure there are. Yeah, I know the are, but like I cannot think of any. Let's see. Yeah, I mean because I can think of some that don't don't do it well. Like like you know the most recent Star Wars trilogy yeah. that's mm -hmm. i don't know if it's an inverse but it's certainly a remix it's supposed to be and while i appreciate the idea of this kind of cyclical nature it doesn't work because the first six films are the story arc of anakin skywalker so you can't if you want to do a proper inverse you need to have six more films instead of three there needs to be a lot of things going on um so that's like the first thing i think about with an inverse but uh, and then that's not even fully an invoice. It's more of a remix. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of like, I'm trying to. Yeah, Rambo does that because then he goes out. In the first Rambo, he's supposed to meet his old sergeant or general or, or something. Um, and he ends up just getting arrested by the cops for having long hair. He looks like a hippie, even though he's a special, um, a special ops soldier. And he just goes into the woods and starts killing these people. He just, he loses it. And then the second one, I think they send him, he becomes the hero as opposed to the anti-hero and he gets sent back. Um, I don't know if that's an, I guess it's an universe. I don't know how well or what that says about anything other than Stallone will play the same character over and over and over again if you, <laughs> if you pay him enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, because inverse works particularly well with the science fiction and fantasy because you've got, you've got a lot more to inverse. Like, again, like with Planet of the Apes, it's very easy to invert 
this story because it's all about flipping things, you know? Um, so, so those parallels, like, like, I think the genre necessarily makes it easier. Just like with Austin Powell, you're dealing with time travel. Like that's, that makes it an easy switch. I guess um, Back to the Future 2 a little bit because he's saving yeah. his dad in the first one, saving his kid in the second one, although that plot fades away pretty quick in the second movie. So, um, First thing on Google was The Matrix Resurrections does oh. invert the original okay. because it, it instead of Keanu being the hero, it's Carrie Ann Moss. Um, I know we actually did both The Matrix and The Matrix Resurrections, and I think I've forgotten entirely The Matrix 4, you know, for, for what it's worth. Um, there was a Matrix 4? There was a Matrix 4, yeah. It's 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 wonderful. It's the greatest <laughs> movie that's ever been made. Um, yeah, I can't think of. I'm sure there are others. It feels like it's a thing that's been done before, but I can't think of any. Yeah, I'll think of this like tomorrow. At a yeah, I'll think of like a dozen blog. movies. I'll go down yeah. and like. I'm really interested in this now because I be, I guarantee you there are. But I can't think of any. Well, we may have struggled to come up with inverting movies but nobody struggled to answer these trivia questions and i'd like to once again congratulate our winner of the week margaret well done thank you planet of the apes expert for better or for worse it's it's a part of who i am what can i say (laughs) (laughs) you can rate and review this show anywhere podcasts are available for those viewing in youtube land if you haven't already please like this video Subscribe to the Talking Studios channel for all our exciting content, and follow us on Twitter at Talking Studios. Check out other shows by Talking Studios, including Keep Making Movies, where we explore micro-budget films, Limited Lexicon, where we play through text-based adventure games, and Get the Point, where we slowly reveal a movie poster and try to guess which movie poster it is. Got a question for us? Call the Talking Studios hotline at 201-467-8679 and leave a message. It may be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Talking Pictures Trivia wherever fine podcasts are found. Join us next time when we start a movie block of newer movies that caught our eye. Next week, we'll be watching EO from Poland, released in 2022. Stay tuned for our first impressions of EO. Ding, 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 ding. Next week, we'll be discussing EO from 2022. Chris, how was your watch? I was actually really anticipating this movie because of the whole Oscar buzz that it had. Uh... A lot less talking in it than I thought it was going to be. But overall, I really enjoyed it. I don't know if it's a multi-watch for me. I think it might be a one and done. But I did enjoy my hour and 28 minutes with it. And uh, I look forward to talking about it next week. Tom, what did you think of EO? So I saw this movie when it came on the Criterion channel. I have not in many years attended to what's going on in the Oscars. So I had no idea it was nominated for an Oscar of, of any sort. But... It was a a fresh movie, which is what we were doing. Movies released in 2022. And I watched it on the Criterion channel and I really loved it. I thought it was a exceptionally beautiful movie. Um, I thought it was very tender. I thought it expressed cruelty. Well, maybe not cruelty, but it showed the unkindness of the world without being cruel to the audience. 
when it's really hard to do that with an animal movie with a movie starring an animal because animals tend to be like stand-ins for innocence right they're always these perfectly innocent things so if anything bad happens to them it's like really cruel and really mean and i think despite the things that eo suffered in this the, the movie was never cruel it was very tender and it was also incredibly beautiful in how it captured nature i mean nature is it's horrifying at some points it's always beautiful um and i've never quite seen the natural world captured in the way that this director captures it so i was completely taken with this film kj how was your first watch so I try to watch all the nominees for foreign language for the Oscars. Maybe not before the Academy Awards because they're not always so available. So EO was on my list. So when Tom said we're doing that, I said, great. That's a movie I've been wanting to watch. But audience, it's a pretty flat movie. It's it's not Dumbo. It's not a yak in the classroom. It, it's it's a pretty flat movie. Um and and audience, I mean, I don't know how to explain this, but there's a lot of donkey cam. Like you're getting it from the donkey's perspective, you know. It's um... that sounds so dirty. That sounds so dirty. <laughs> so enjoy that. <laughs> enjoy the donkey cam. Enjoy the donkey cam. And as Tom mentioned previously, EO is available on the Criterion Channel at the time of this recording. We'll see you next week. Wow, Talking Studios. 